The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And sorry about that. <laughs> Cut them off just a little bit early there. Good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. Actually, I'm coming live now, but we're pre-recording the show <laughs> at the time, uh, so we won't be taking any phone calls, and I can't really ask the guests any questions on behalf of those in the uh, in the chat. I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. You can head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can scroll down right on the right side of the page. And for those who are watching right now, we'll be playing in this area right here, the second video down on the right. 
And then right above that, it, and you can click on that and enlarge it. You can also click onto the platform and join us in the chat. Lots of friends there uh, every morning in the chat, like-minded people who have the same um, vision for where we should be going as a country, and that is in honoring God and what we're doing, whether it be in uh, self-government, the family, the church, or in the civil sphere. And uh, right above that is Bradley's video from the previous day. You can click on that and watch it. He goes live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And just above that is a place where you can sign up for our email uh, newsletter. We don't rent your email, sell it, or spam you. You get one email from us a day. That includes the morning show archive, the video portion, the podcast, any of the uh, uh, articles or videos or other things that we might make mention of, our guests' websites, Things of, things of that nature are all combined in one place so that you can go back and uh, you know research that. Or if there was something that you said, hey, I missed that part. I want to go back and get it. That'll be at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Be sure to subscribe there. Also, we don't ask you for money. Uh, we're going to do what we're going to do. Trust in the Lord with it. But we do let you know we have uh, needs. And there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you agree with the message that we have and how we spread it by radio, Internet, and out across the 50 states as we go out to teach our Christian constitutional heritage here in America, uh, there's a donate button. You can make a donation or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That's also at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then our store has a lot of products in it that are good conversation starters. And then we have some things in there also to help equip you uh, in the area of ministry that God has given you in your sphere of influence, wherever you're at, whether it's in the United States or around the world. Pick up some of those things that helps us out as well. Now, this morning, I've got a very special guest. Uh, I made mention of Pastor John Weaver when we had Thomas DiLorenzo on, if you recall. And uh, one of the things I mentioned was his sermon on Nathan Bedford Forrest. And I put it in the archive. So you guys that took the time to go in the archive and actually watch that, you probably learned something you never learned about that man who has been so demonized uh, by the by the tyrants who won the war of northern aggression. He's been so demonized, and yet God was at work in his life. And it was, a, it was a, an amazing testimony of the grace of God working in uh, a person's life, even before he became a Christian. And uh, so it's my privilege to welcome John Weaver to the show. Let me give him a proper introduction. Uh, Pastor Weaver has been in the ministry 56 years. He's authored three books, The Christian and Civil Government on Romans 13, The Sovereignty of God and Civil Government on Daniel uh, 4.35, and The Truth About God's Righteous, uh, righteous the, the Vengeance. He has an extensive CD and DVD ministry. You can find him on sermonaudiobytheway.com. And he's been a guest lecturer in several colleges and mentors young men for the ministry. And I was teasing him. We're going to call him the tactical uh, preacher because he also teaches uh, uh, how to how to use firearms as well and has some things to say about that. We'll get into that in just a little bit. It's my privilege to welcome Pastor John Weaver to the Sons of Liberty. Welcome, John. Thank you. It's a joy to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it, it's great to have you. And I, I got to tell you, when I listen to the um, to, to some of your sermons, how you give them, especially when you give these historical figures and stuff, I, did, I love stuff like that because I, I don't like when somebody can just tell me, well, something happened here on this date and something happened. Okay, but how? what can I draw from that? What is the reason for learning history? And even this morning, we had Don Jeffries on. 
who has written several books on on history. And it was it was drawing these things where we get application, we learn from history, so hopefully we don't repeat the same things, kind of like what Paul said happened with Old Testament Israel. Those things happen so that we might learn from them. And um, so I'm going to turn it over to you. You you gave this one, I just want to touch on this Nathan Bedford Forrest. You gave that message several years ago, I believe. And um, how was how that, that well received from people? Did people really get what you were driving them towards in that message? I think so. And since that time, uh, I've had lots of response to that message, but I preached another message, which I just simply entitled Old Bedford, concerning him, because that was one of his nicknames. Then I have a third message, believe it or not, whether I have preached, uh, I haven't really preached it one time to, uh, uh, actually, it was a Forrest birthday party, and it was actually on the conversion of General Nathan Bedford Forrest and how God saved him, and it's a very interesting story as well. But let me point out that history is vitally important, and the thing that really makes it vitally important is the fact that all history is nothing less than God's eternal decree coming to pass in time. So if you're interested in theology, if you're interested in providence, you have to be interested in history, because nothing happens by chance, luck, fate, or fortune in a world that's ruled by God. Everything comes to pass according to the divine ordination and decree of God. So obviously, if you study history, you can see the hand of God moving in the lives of men and certainly make applications. Uh, And the interesting thing is, there is a passage in Matthew 21 and verse 32, uh, and our Lord is there talking to the Pharisees, and he said, uh, John came unto you in the way of righteousness preaching, but but you did not receive him. But the, the publicans and the harlots believed him, And then he said this, and you, when you had seen it, repented not afterwards that you might believe. In other words, they were required by our Lord to learn from the work of God in the lives of others. So the lives of the publicans and the harlots had been changed. They saw that, and they did not make application of their life, and so consequently they ended up rejecting the word of God and the Lord Jesus himself. So God does require us to learn from history. There is indeed a biblical philosophy of history. Yeah, and you know, one of the things, and I've talked about it here on the show before, like Psalm 78, we're to, we're to remind our children of the, the wonderful deeds of God, what he's done in our, and not only the history that we have in the Bible, but what he's done in our, our forefathers' lives, what he's done in our lives so that they might be able to see clearly when God is doing something in their life as well. And as you said, everything really is something that God is doing because of his decree. And for some of us, that's really hard to imagine. How can God, I had a guy one time sort of mock that, uh, sat across from me and said, are you telling me that God has decreed that I sit this can down here? And I said, yeah. And I said, one day you're going to look and you're going to be embarrassed for making such a statement like that because he's going to show you how he's decreed it and he's done it for a certain purpose. So I appreciate you pointing that out. And that's really kind of what I wanted to bring you on the show for, because we're facing some things here in America and yay around the world. But but here in America, we're facing encroaching tyranny. Uh, we've talked about the curses of, you know, the blessings of God from Deuteronomy 28 that come on a people 
who honor him, who seek to honor him in all that they do. And I think we've seen that in our history, how God has blessed America. It's really what made America great. It wasn't the economy. It wasn't jobs. It wasn't any of that. It was the people who were set, who had their face set to try to honor God in every sphere and area of their life. And God blessed that, just like he says in the first uh, 12 verses or so of Deuteronomy 28. But then what follows is all the curses when a people become rebellious towards him. And we've seen those increasingly gaining momentum, especially over the past two or three decades uh, in our country, and how they're almost overtaking us, as it will. Tell mm-hmm. me, we talk about resisting tyrants, defying the tyrants, as we played at the first. In your mind, what are some of the practical things that the people need in order to defy tyrants at this point or to resist the tyranny that is encroaching upon uh, Americans at this point in time in history? Well, I would say the very first thing they need is absolute truth. You see, the, the problem is you cannot have convictions without knowing truth. You cannot have courage without knowing truth. In fact, you cannot even have character without knowing truth. Everything revolves around truth. And our Lord said, of course, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But when you stop and think that this generation, in fact, probably the previous generation as well in our country today, are not only totally ignorant of Bible truth, we are totally ignorant of constitutional truth. If the Constitution is supposed to be the spring law of the land, and I understand the Bible comes first, but if the Constitution is supposed to be the spring law of the land, according to Article 6, Section 2, and every judge and every uh, officer is to be bound thereunto, look where we have forsaken uh, truth, not only biblical truth, but constitutional truth. And what we've done is we have depended upon others to tell us what is right, and to live our lives for us. In other words, men, by nature, want to be slaves in the sense that we want to be told what to do. We want to be given everything. We do not want personal responsibility. And the truth of the matter is you're never, ever going to get truth without studying. Uh, I remember years ago when our church was attacked by the state, and my men came to me, and they said, Pastor, can they do this? And my response was, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And that is what drove me to study Romans 13, the Christian civil government, is what drove me to study the Constitution, and I found out that, no, they did not have the authority. They did not have the right to do what they were doing. Now, they may have had the power, but there's a vast difference between authority and power. But you have to know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, and if you are not going to prepare your heart to stand for the truth, there's no way in the world that you can face a tyrant. Because men understand, at least godly men understand, and men of character understand, that there are some things that are worth dying for. And if you don't believe that, Just look at the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence and look at the men who fought for the liberty and the freedom in this country. So if we're going to face tyranny, we have to first know the Lord Jesus Christ and we have to know his word, his truth, and what is truth and be able to stand for that. 
That will Amen. give us courage, and that will give us a godly backbone and a godly character. Yeah, and I think that comes along today. We're seeing a lot of this push with uh, vaccinations. Now, it hasn't gotten to a mandatory level yet, but there's a lot of talk about that. And as long as people are going to go along with the mass mandates, which are unlawful, and uh, and some of the places, the businesses wanting to push this uh, experimental, I'm, I'm now calling it the experimental genocide jab, because uh, if we take out the VAERS, you know, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of people who are dead and even many more who uh, have adverse side effects from taking this thing. And part of that is understanding what it's doing in the in the Mockingbird media is not telling people what it's doing. So that's a that's an area where the truth has to come out and people had to be convinced of it and say, no, I'm not taking that. This is crazy. But there's a there's even a biblical background to that. We can cite stuff like uh, uh, where Moses said the life of the flesh is in the blood. This is tainting. This is tainting our blood It's actually going in and altering our DNA. This is uh, where where the, we find the application of not mixing the seeds and things of that nature in the book of Leviticus. We can go over into the book of Revelation where it talks about the nations deceived by their sorceries, their pharmakia, and all this other stuff. And it seems to me, John, that things are being set up in such a way that men are, and it, this is nothing new in history, they're either going to bow the knee to God or they're going to bow the knee to some tyrant somewhere. Well, that is true. Uh, but let me point out, uh, on Sermon Audio and uh, actually on YouTube as well, I have two messages on authority. And then I preached one recently on mind control equals death. And I basically dealt with these executive orders that are coming down not only from the president, quote unquote, and uh, uh, the governors and the, the mayors. An executive order is not law. An executive order actually by the executive, uh, the executive uh, uh, leader there, uh, he can only give an executive order to those who were under him. You people have to understand, we do not work for the governors of the state. We do not work for the president of the United States. They're supposed to work for us. The first executive order was actually given by George Washington, and all he did was give an order to those men who were under him and asked for an accounting of what they were doing. So only, only Congress could make a law. A mayor cannot make a law. A governor cannot make a law. And you cannot make an experimental vaccine, and it's not even a vaccine, it's gene therapy. You cannot make something that is experimental, mandatory, because it's not only against our law, it's against international law. It's also against the Nuremberg Code. And one of the first principles there is that you cannot experiment on a patient. A patient must give informed consent. And so obviously, uh, people have not done their homework. And uh, anytime you put something foreign in your body, you're just asking for trouble. I mean, that's all there is to it. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can say is this. If you don't know the Word of God, and if you don't know the Constitution, then you're not going to be able to stand. Uh, by the way, even the Supreme Court of the United States has already ruled that any unconstitutional law is null and void, and the, and the term they use is a Latin term, ab initio, that is from the beginning or from the outset. In other words, you don't have to wait for a court to say this is unconstitutional. 
It has no binding influence. It has no binding power. You just simply ignore it. Now, the truth of the matter is, most people do not understand that we are the interpreters of the Constitution. That's right. Not, not the courts. So, if the people will know the truth, and if they will do their own research and turn off their TV sets, then obviously uh, they're going to come up with, hey, we've been lied to for all these years, and we're being lied to now. And if we're going to live, we need to take a stand, and we need to get ready even now. So let, let's let's be clear on that. Um, you made the difference between those who have authority, and let me use a vernacular kind of term: those who have authority who engage in thuggery. <laughs> there, there's two yeah. different kinds of things there, and this is what we've said all along: is that the people are the law, so to speak. They are the ones who are to be informed. They're to be the. In fact, our, our constitution is very clear as to who is to enforce the law, and it's basically given to to. Two people. Uh, one is the president. He's to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. But then the other applies to the people. Article one, clause, uh, section eight, clause fifteen. Uh, the militia. These are those able-bodied men. Uh, they're to execute the laws of the union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions, which basically nullifies all the ABC outlets from the federal government that are that are there now. None of those are authorized in our constitution. It's supposed to be the people. And so, you know, I've often said, even in this issue of the defunding the police and all of that, I think people need to understand where we got police from in the first place. That might give them a clue as to what's going on there. And that's not to attack policemen, but it's just to say the people have um, given away their duty. They, they have shirked their duty of enforcing the law. And so, therefore, they had no need to to read and to study and to learn these things so that they might perform their duty before God and man, which is an act of love, by the way. Um, so it, it, is that not a solidification of what you just said, that, that, that we basically as a society, we've shirked our duty knowing the law and enforcing the law? Well, and yes, and if you will, if you will remember 1 Samuel chapter 8, where the people were asking for a king, and uh, Samuel said, look, you're, you're, you're trading God for a man. And they said, nay, but we'll have a man to rule over us to fight our battles for us. In other words, we want him to tell us what to do, and we want him to fight for us. We're not going to fulfill our own personal responsibilities. We'll, we'll let some man do it. And that's what we have done. We've let, we've let uh, Congress, and we've let courts, and we've let politicians do everything for us instead of saying, no, we will do this ourselves, thank you. This is our responsibility. And, and I tell people, the government is not responsible for your health. Your doctor is not responsible for your health. You are responsible for your health. Amen. And you're responsible for your life, whatever it is. You're responsible for all of your actions. And unless you assume that responsibility, you're going to fall apart mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, every way possible. And they're going to be dominated by the tyrant because they have no of conviction of that. Yeah, they, and I think that's that's where we're going with this is where are we submitting ourselves? When this stuff comes yeah. out about the vaccines and stuff, uh, yeah. you know, we have a lady that comes on on Saturdays and she talks about nutrition, you know, taking care of the body. She's a, a fairly young Christian has been demonized in the UK papers and everything else for standing up and calling out things for the way they are. And uh, she stood fast as a young Christian in that. And she goes back and she says, God said he gave us all of this stuff here to eat. 
this is how we take care of our bodies, which builds up our immune mm -hmm. system, which makes us, you know, less susceptible to all the stuff around us and everything else. And, uh, and, and going back to that, it's an issue of the personal responsibility. So we, we get that part here. What happens, though, when you have people who know the government isn't supposed to be doing certain things, uh, whether it's an executive order, like we have, let me give it, for instance, over in North Carolina, just across the line from me. The, the governor over there is a clear tyrant. He's taking executive order, trying to push it as law to be enforced. And I don't even know how you do that, but people go right along with it. Uh, the, some police go along with it. Uh, other outlets go along with it. And then you end up in court when you shouldn't be there in the first place. How are people, yeah. if, from your perspective, how are people to deal with that as well? In the same way that uh, maybe Acts chapter four might fall into this? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is people are going to have to stand, first of all, for themselves and understand that there is the possibility they may end up losing some property. They may end up losing uh, their life. They even may lose, end up losing, uh, uh, you know, for jail term. But however, uh, of course, you know that uh, Matt Trella has a wonderful book uh, dealing with the interposition, and I've preached on this for many, many years. But in reality, the lesser magistrate is responsible to interpose himself between higher magistrates who are being, being tyrannical. This is what states' rights was all about. The states are actually to protect us from the federal government. And then when you get to the state, uh, you have the lesser magistrates in the state that are supposed to protect us from the tyrannical governors or the higher magistrates there in that state. So we've got to come back and learn that there is a proper leadership and there is a proper authority, but there is also usurped authority. And once you understand what usurped authority is, it is absolutely powerless uh, in, in that sense of the word. Uh, you have no duty to respond to usurped authority. For instance, I could go to a man's house and look at his wife and children and tell that wife, get up and start fixing dinner and tell the children to start uh, cleaning up the house, I'm sure the husband wouldn't look at me and say, wow, that a boy, preacher, you, you, you tell him, you go get him. No, he'd look <laughs> at me and say, wait a minute, that's my wife, that's those right. are my children. That's right. If anybody tells them what to do, it's going to be me. So, so I cannot usurp authority and, 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 and have any, anyone believe that, hey, I have authority to do this. If that is so, then I can straighten out a lot of homes if they'd listen to me, but, but I have no authority to do that. So real genuine authority always is willing to reveal its source and is always willing to listen to any challenge and try to explain. But when you get a usurped authority, such as tyranny, no, no, it's now demands. You jump when I tell you to jump. You do this when I tell you to do this. All such authority is, is usurped authority. Amen. Amen. Well, here, here's the thing. We've got some stuff that's going on. We've seen it uh, in the UK. We've seen, um, and I'm getting more towards what we're seeing coming out of this whole COVID nonsense, but we're seeing this just oppressive nature of even the police. I mean, the mask in some areas, uh, literally, and no pun intended, are, are, are coming off as to 
what they're really about. And that isn't happening in every place. So I don't want to, I don't want to broad brush that and say all police are doing this and that and the other. Cause I know some are standing and saying, no, we're not going to have a part of that here in the States. Yeah. But we, we see that and we see what's going on in Canada. We see the, the, the Nazi Gestapo that came after, uh, uh, pastor Pavlovsky. And, um, we, we saw him driving them out because they were acting not in accordance with law, but they were usurping the law. Uh, to co- even come into his facility. And then we see Pastor Coates being jailed for something he shouldn't have been jailed for, sending 200 armed cops to shut off um, Christians from coming and worshiping. I mean, if this, isn't, if this isn't the mask off of where this is all going is an attack on the people of God, and I, and I, I, I say it as loud as I can, you people who are attacking the people of God, you don't know who you're messing with, because our daddy's watching this stuff, and he doesn't play around with people who attack his people. He doesn't do that. That stuff's going to eventually, some of it's already filtering into into the states, Pastor Weaver. And again, obviously there has to be a conviction of truth. Uh, we, we've got that. But what are people to do when, say, let's give a for example, in 2023, they're looking to push this vaccine as getting an approval. Now we've got people dying all over the place that aren't aren't being reported in the Mockingbird News today. This is Friday. Uh, we had we we just learned a 16 year old Wisconsin girl had the Pfizer genocide jab and developed blood clots. She was dead within 11 days. Now they have already pulled these the the Johnson and Johnson. I think it was. I don't know if it was the Moderna, whichever one it was, but they pulled that because of these blood clots, and now they put it right back out there. You can probably remember when they had the Tylenol stuff. You know, so, you, know sure. you get a couple of people who, who died. I, I mean, just a handful. wasn't even a dozen or something. They're pulling all the stuff off the shelves. They're recalling all of it, doing all of that, and putting an end to it. Here we have, by the CDC's own testimony, over 4,000 people who have died following the COVID jab, and that's in four months. And we know they're only getting 1%, so it's theoretically upwards of 400,000 people who've been killed with this thing. And they just say, nope, it's still safe and effective. Bring everybody out, get your jab, blah, 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 blah. What are we to do? What is the mindset we have to be in when these guys, once they get it rolled out and they start saying, well, you can't go here, you can't go there if you don't have the the vaccine, they're talking about vaccine passports, uh, or they're going to come to your door, they're going to come door to door and be trying to put this in people's arms. Now, I got to tell you, I'm a Southern boy too, and my inclination is to use violence properly in that scenario uh, if they're trying to bring something into the house, into that jurisdiction that you just talked about to do my family harm. Um, what What is the mindset somebody has to be in to reject all of that and even to do some things that we would normally not want to do? Well, I, I believe this, and of course, if you would listen to the two messages I have on the biblical doctrine of self-defense, self-defense is indeed biblical, and everyone has a right to defend themselves. And if you're trying to put a jab in my arm that is going to result in my death, contrary to my desire to have that jab, then obviously I would certainly have a biblical right to defend my life and to defend myself. Now, let me point something else out. In light of what is happening in this country, 
This is where you need what is known as Christian community. This is where you need for people to come together, whether or not they are nearby, but have a real Christian community in the sense that you're going to be willing to help each other, defend each other, provide for each other, take care for each other. It's kind of like when the Boston Port Bill was passed and George III tried to, tried to starve out the Bostonians. The southern colonies said, look, we will send you food. You don't worry about that. We will take care of you. And that's exactly what they did. They not only sent food, they sent farms, they sent whatever was necessary to take care of those people that George III was trying to starve out. So uh, as long as there are Christians who are willing to stand and willing to help and willing to fight, and when I use the word fight, I'm not necessarily talking about particular uh, physical violence, but fight in every way that is necessary, yep. verbally, legally, whatever way that is necessary. But you, you, cannot, you cannot stand by yourself. Now, you may have never heard of a man by the name of Selko. I hope you have, but he yep. survived the Bosnian War. Yep. And one of the things that he said was they, they went to bed free and woke up surrounded by armies. And for a year, they were without electricity. They were without, without running water. Uh, all of the trees in the park were cut down for firewood and for cooking. Even the molding on the houses were taken down because they had nothing. Uh, they, had to, uh, uh, they had to avoid snipers. They had to go out at night. They had to scrounge around for anything to eat. And, and he made this statement. He said the reason he survived there were about 15 family members in his house. In other words, he said, if you're left alone, you're dead meat is what it amounts to. And so I'm, I'm just simply saying we need to consider, uh, we need to consider, uh, it seems to me like if uh, those people up around uh, Minneapolis can declare a George Floyd autonomous zone where the cops will not even enter. Why cannot we declare a Christian autonomous zone? Amen. In other words, this thing is heading for secession. And when I say that, there's already personal secession. People are dropping out of the system as fast as they can. They're getting away from these uh, democratic cities that are nothing but death. They're, They're leaving. They're they're voting with their feet. And uh, Texas is already talking about secession. Uh, part of Oregon is already talking about joining Idaho. Uh, there's also talk about uh, northern Arizona separating from southern Arizona. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And so secession is really a nonviolent way to settle a problem is what it amounts to. And, uh, it was the North who started the war when the South seceded, just like it was England who started the war when uh, when our colonial forefathers seceded. So it's 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 just simply the the fact that this is where we're going, and we need to learn to have Christian community and to work with each other, to train with each other, to teach each other, to share with each other. Look at the people that have medical knowledge. 
and those who do not. Look at the people who have other skills and other Christians do not. This is the time to teach. This is the time to learn. I talked to someone yesterday. I said, you know, the average American today cannot plant a garden. They do not know how to put up what they harvest. They do not know how to kill an animal. They do not know how to skin, gut, and quarter and put up an animal. They, don't, they know nothing. And if a supermarket closes down, uh, they're, they're, they're starving to death. Yep. It's just that simple. Yep. So uh, it, that is the time you better be learning everything that you could possibly learn. Uh, in fact, there's a verse in the Bible. Uh, it's found twice. Proverbs 22 and verse 3 and Proverbs 27 and verse 12 where it says, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So I preached the message on that, the prudent and the pathetic. So the prudent man is the man who sees and prepares and takes care of himself, and the simple, the who, ha- who happens to be the pathetic, he just simply waltzes on with his eyes closed and, and heads straight into trouble. So clearly now is the time that we should be helping each other, that is for sure, and uh, teaching each other as best we can. Yeah. We've, we've got a lady by the name of Patricia Wheat. She's got a, a little thing that kind of fits what you're saying there. Although, you know, when you say a, a Christian community, you would think that would come out of the churches itself. Uh, but the mm. churches have been so apostate, <laughs> that's that the term I want to use, uh, they become so apostate uh, there that that basically Ichabod's been written across the top of it. There's no spirit of God. There's no man of God in the pulpit. The word of God isn't preached. It's it's a thin veneer of the word of God that couched in humanism and psychotherapy and all kinds of other stuff, rather than the word of God, which which teaches us the truth that we might have the conviction that we talked about the first of the show. Now, um, <clears throat> when you're making mention of some of these things. You also, you don't just preach to the people. You do teach people certain things. What are some of the things that, that you teach them? And I, I bring this up because Bill, uh, our friend Bill Evans, we got a mutual friend, Bill Evans, who runs Health for All of Life, uh, the trucker theologian, as he's called now. And uh, Bill raves about you. He says, you don't want to mess with John because he's one of those guys, he'll pull his pistol out and put the bullet inside of a quarter twice. <laughs> so I, I know you do some stuff where you train young men and you even, I think you even have something where you train adults uh, in the use of firearms and you also use it as a means to put the truth in them through the word of God. Can you tell people a little bit about what you do with that? Well, I, I do teach a class on biblical self-defense and, uh, uh, you know, of course the Southern Poverty Law Center really, really attacks me in that area because they try to say that, uh, I, I'm teaching how to draw down on someone. Well, that is not true. Uh, what I do teach is a lot of safety, and I also teach how to present a weapon, that is for sure, how to shoot accurately, that is part and parcel of it, how to shoot quickly. I teach after-action drills. I teach malfunctions. I, I teach all kinds of things, uh, not only with pistol, but rifles, shotgun. And, but there are people who do that all across this country. But I also... I uh, try to teach uh, or have other men who are quite capable to come in and teach medical classes as well. I, I try to teach a broad spectrum and, and get good men who can help others in learning what we need to know in order to survive on our yeah. own. We are headed for a lot of trouble, I do believe. And unless we can have that information, 
you know, uh, we're, we're just in trouble. I, I want to know everything that I can know, and I want to be able to do everything that I can do. And so, yes, I, I teach all kinds of Bible, and I teach all kinds of firearms. Uh, we teach martial arts. We, we teach everything that we can possibly teach. And, and I might add, it's all ministry, and it's all biblical, biblically based. And uh, I'm not interested in doing anything that's unbiblical. And I'm certainly not interested in doing anything unconstitutional. But if it's biblical, if it's constitutional, then I'm for it 100%. Amen. Amen. And I like the fact that you brought that in. Christianity, for most people, has become uh, ask Jesus in your heart or whatever. And that's not even biblical. That's the first thing. Uh, the, the, the issue is you repent. You put your faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you're reconciled unto God, and you seek to honor him in all that you do. And that is the well-rounded Christian, uh, learning not only the self-defense, but how to, how to, how to uh, sustain oneself. Uh, I, I often think of the Old Testament and even the tithe. And, you know, it wasn't that they were necessarily bringing money in there so much as they were bringing their first fruits, what God has provided for their, you know, they, they went out and they've done their work and they've been faithful in that, and God has provided for them. And they're to come back in with, uh, as thanksgiving with the first fruits that they have, the best of their flock and and all of their you know the first of their produce and things of that nature, and so I think all of that plays a part when you're talking about CPR and medical you know caring and things of that nature. That all falls within the ranks. Um, again, I, I go back to uh, Patricia Wheat. We're going to have her on very soon. Her hundreds program is is much like what it used to be here, and that was to get you know a hundred people together in the same community. Bring them together. This is one of the things, and I, I wonder if you'd comment on it. Maybe that I've been pushing when I when I really grasp the idea that the militia is to be the law enforcement. You know, we have volunteer fire departments. Uh, one's right down the road from me here, and all the fellows who are in the volunteer fire department are as thick as thieves. I mean, they're they're really a tight bunch, and it's because they train together and they go put out fires together and they. They live their lives together. That's that's the whole idea of the community. And I see this idea of Christians coming together uh, as even in the militia concept where they're going to be learning a lot of different things. Some of the things that you just talked about there coming together in that community and building that community up as a Christian community, not as this, I don't know, panty waist, hippie Jesus kind of thing. They're, but they're going to live in the real world. They're going to come and uh, and do the things that a lot of Christians don't even want to talk about, and that is how to actually live, how to survive, how to defy tyrants, how to um, care, really care for one another and love one another in the way the Lord has instructed us to do. Do you see that forming up as well? That if you if you get them started in that, that they it's a natural function that they become that they adhere to one another as a community. Yeah, well, let, let me, yes, and I, I have preached uh, a number of messages dealing with community. And, uh, in fact, I was asked to preach one recently uh, dealing, basically, with Southern community and the Bible. In other words, and it was based, basically, on what the South was originally formed on. And what a lot of people do not understand is some of the old homes had what they called traveler's rooms. And the traveler room, traveler's room was attached to the house. And you could come into that room. It had an extra, uh, it had a special door. 
And uh, if you got in at midnight, you didn't have to wake anybody up. You'd go into that room. There was a bed. There was a washstand. And, and you just spent the night there. And the next morning when you got up, then you'd knock on the door. And the people of the house would invite you in for breakfast. It was just called traveler's rooms. Uh, and so the, the point I'm trying to make is we had a lot of these traditions and we had a lot of these uh, aspects of community down pat in the old days. We've just simply forgotten them. For instance, when I, when I was a boy, we had a rabid fox in the community. And uh, although uh, we did not live right next door to each other, but I remember there were probably these 20 men sitting on our doorstep and front porch getting ready to go hunt that rabid fox. 20 men came together just for that. When anybody uh, lost their house with a fire, the men would go over and rebuild. Uh, if they lost uh, a loved one, the women would go over and cook and take care of the house. It's, it's astounding. And we've lost all of that because today, and I think to be absolutely honest, part and parcel of it is economic because we've left silver and gold as money. We've gone into Federal Reserve notes, which are neither federal nor reserve, nor really a note, because you can't get anything out of That's it. Right. But the truth of the matter is, uh, everybody now has to work just to try to keep their head above water. And they have do not have time even for their own family, much less for a neighbor. So I'm just simply saying, we better learn to come back to the old ways. I think it's Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, where God said, Seek ye the old paths, right. and ask for the old ways, and walk therein. And we're going to find that uh, I think the old ways and the old community is far superior to what we have today. And yeah, we better work together. We better train together. We better learn together. We better stand together. Or as Ben Franklin said, if we do not stand together, we'll hang separately. Yeah, I think those are good words that you have to give there. And on top of that, uh, there's there's this issue that comes up. You're bringing, you're bringing in a lot of stuff. Boy, we could keep you for a couple hours here. Uh, you're bringing up the Federal Reserve and the, the worthless money. And I, I, I tend to look back, and I'm looking at America now, what she was, even just when I was a kid, you know, in the 70s and the 80s. And I don't, I mean, the America just, you know, what, three decades later doesn't look anything like what it was when I was a kid, much less what it looked like at the you know turn of the 20th century or something. So people get, um, I, I guess they, they look at the, the, the near history and they don't see back there. When you're talking about these traveler's rooms, I can just hear people now going, man, there is no way I'm putting something on my house and say, hey, if you're traveling through, you got a place to stay, you can stay here. And then I'm going to feed some stranger breakfast that I haven't even met. They just would not even have that mentality. And I think that's that's why I was bringing you on is to 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 kind of push that direction of how do we get that mentality back to, I mean, because it seems to me that in America, we've kind of gone the way of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I don't just mean with the, the sodomy stuff. I mean, in what God said, they had become, they, they'd become the very epitome of what he warned the people about in Deuteronomy six, if they didn't teach their children, that they would forget God. They had become lavish. They had had all kinds of spare time. And we know what happens there. That becomes the devil's workshop, so to speak. Idle hands become the devil's workshop. And we've seen all that in America. 
And it seems to me that that people are happy with the technology. Technology does stuff for them. We don't have to do as much now for whatever. And therefore, we forget a lot of things. Even this little guy, I got a smartphone. It makes me stupid is what it does. I can't. Somebody asked me a phone number. I don't know. I just look up the name and hit the button, right? Whereas used to when I was a kid, you memorized your phone number and I don't know, 50 other people's. You had them in your head. You knew what it was. And so a lot of this has made us intellectually, spiritually, physically lazy. And the issue is, man, how do we how do we get turned around uh, to where we're supposed to be going in the direction that you're you're talking about here? Well, I think the very first thing is we have to come back to the Word. The Lord's got to open our eyes. He's got to open our minds. We have to see there. The, you see, the, the problem is most of the younger people have never known real liberty. They've never known real freedom. Uh, and we're talking about uh, uh, the fact that, uh, let, let me just give you an illustration. When, when I was a, a young man, when I was a teenager, if I wanted to see a policeman, I had to drive uptown and I had to look around because there were very few anywhere. Why? And the answer is because most people back then, even though they were not Christians, they knew the Ten Commandments, they lived by the Ten Commandments. And here's a good illustration. When I was a young man, my father used to take us down to Miami, Florida for a two-week vacation. And, And we never locked the house. We never locked a window, and my father had all kind of equipment out in the yard. I mean, $50,000 worth way back then. And when we would come back two weeks later, our house was exactly the way we left it. Nothing had been bothered. No one had broken in. And now today you do something like that, and they will (laughs) kill you blind and burn your house down on top of that. All I'm saying is, most people have never, ever experienced real liberty and real freedom and real community, and they have no idea what they're missing. And so we're going to have to get back to be, to be able to teach some of this, to demonstrate some of this, and to see how people actually can work together. And uh, the younger people have just never, never, ever, ever grasped any of this. You're talking about your smartphone? I read an article where people who are using the GPS ultimately lose the ability to even read a map. So, I mean, uh, the, the old way, I think, is far better than the new way. But anyhow, that's my idea. Yeah, well, I, I tend to think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, we've had to use a map before uh, within things. The GPS is, offers it as simplicity, convenience, that kind of thing. Uh, and sometimes you get a Lolita on there. That's what I call her, the little lady that's telling you where to go, and she sends you in a circle, and you just want to throw it out the wind at that point but i i get what you're saying it, it does it it actually dumbs us down and uh, of course if i didn't have to have the phone part of it to you know have phone calls uh, i'd get rid of it anyway because i just i don't really use it except for that but but that is a, a way in which we're being dumbed down and i think some of the stories that you're telling and i think some people would would really appreciate the fact of hearing some of your sermons on some of the subjects that you're dealing with because you're taking and you're saying, this once was the way it was. I tell people, the freest people that I probably know in history were the people of Israel when they got out of Egypt, before they were asking for a king. They were, everything was taken care of for them. 
and mm-hmm. and and though everything was taken care of, what did they revert to? Complaining. That that's all mm-hmm. they could do was complain. They were never satisfied with their God nor with what God provided for them. They continued to complain, and it was only those who really trusted God uh, and what he said, who were thankful for what he had done, who were faithful in teaching their children and passing that on, were the ones who entered into the promised land. And um, I, I just think there has to be a way that we teach the people in such a fashion to say, this is achievable. We had it once. We can have it again. It doesn't sure. have to because uh, John. I don't know about you. I am sick and tired of the alleged Christians who come in and just go, oh, it's just going to hell in a handbasket. The Bible said it was going to go like this, and it's the last days. Yeah. And I am so, so sick of hearing that defeatist mentality when the Bible yeah. tells us that Jesus is on the throne, man, and he is subduing all his enemies under his feet, and the gates of hell don't prevail against the church. So why is the church not charging against the gates of hell? I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, ignorance, ignorance, uh, that's all I can tell you right now, ignorance and a lack of courage because of the, because of the ignorance. We have no idea of the supremacy, the superiority, and the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. And like you said earlier, uh, the enemies of, of God's people do not realize who they're up against and who they're fighting against. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they, are, they are fighting against the greatest adversary, that could ever be, and that's an, a sovereign God who gets angry at the attacks upon himself and upon his people. Amen. And all you've got to do is look at how he's judged nations in times past. And uh, I've got five messages on how God destroys nations, and, and that, that's what we're being destroyed now because we've turned our backs upon him. You mentioned Deuteronomy 28 earlier. Uh, you need to read verses 45 through 48 there. For God says, because you did not serve me with gladness and rejoicing for all the things that I gave you, therefore you shall serve your enemies in want, in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and they'll put a yoke upon your neck until you're dead. In other words, if we're unwilling to serve him, we're going to end up serving tyrants, and we're going to learn whose service is better, whose service is easier, and we're going to find out who is more gracious, generous, and loving God or man. Amen. And the fact is, uh, that's where we're headed right now. Those who know the truth are going to choose the Lord and his word. And those who do not know the truth, they're going to choose man because they want someone to tell them what to do. And that's why people cannot find help today. Everywhere I turn, work needed, workers needed. Nobody wants to be hired because you can make more money staying at home doing nothing. Yep. And because the feds are giving it to you. That's right. Pastor John, we're out of time here. I'm going to put up the links for your sermons and stuff so people will be able to find them. And uh, I'm going to get some more information if uh, where they can contact you and stuff. We'll have that up in the archives later this morning. Pastor John, we appreciate your time. Thank you for the wisdom you've given us. 23 hours. We'll talk to you. See you.